to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, take your Bibles tonight, go to Matthew chapter 4. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for changing our perspective, the way that we think, the way that we see things. I thank you for turning us into the spiritual beings that we are in our mentality. I thank you, Father, for revealing to us uh, revelation tonight from your word. We thank you for all your Holy Ghost is going to do in Jesus' name. And everybody say it. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to talk about priorities tonight. Matthew chapter 4, look at verse 17. Matthew 4, 17, here we see Jesus is speaking from that time. Jesus began to preach and say, repent, change your way of thinking because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is near or it is also here. When Jesus came, if you study the, the Bible at all and read definitely the gospels, you're going to find out that Jesus came and the message and the assignment and the passion and the purpose of his life was to reintroduce something called the kingdom of God back into this earth. The kingdom of God is basically the government of a place called heaven being brought back into the earth realm. He did not come to establish a religion as a lot of people think. He did not come and preach heaven as man's main goal. He came to bring back to mankind what they had lost in the fall which was the kingdom of God itself, authority, and power. Basically, man was put here to manage earth. That's why we're here. God never wanted to manage the earth. That's why he created you and he created me, so that we could manage the earth here. Jesus was focused on the kingdom. It was his high top priority. It was his heavenly mandate. God's original purpose has never changed, even though man's messed it up. It is the same as in Genesis chapter 1, to have a nation of people, a family of people who would love, serve, honor, and rule under him on the planet Earth. You were put here to rule this planet. That's why you were put here. That's why you were created. The Bible says he knew you before you were in your mother's womb. So that means apparently you are qualified to do what you're supposed to do because you were before even put you in your mother's womb before you got here. So you've got everything that you need to do what God wants you to do here on the earth. Peter put it this way, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who would show forth the praises of him who called them out of darkness into his marvelous light. So Jesus preached that the kingdom of God is here. He came, he died, he was raised from the dead, and he sent the Holy Ghost. All the things that were done in the Bible and that he went through were to bring back the kingdom of God and the spirit of God into mankind. And the church basically over the years that I've been here has reduced this to basically a fire insurance policy of not going to hell and going to heaven. And that's part of it. That's part of your kingdom inheritance. When you entered the kingdom of God, heaven became part of your inheritance, but it's not the main priority and not the main focus. If it was, you really have nothing to do from the time you get born again, enter the kingdom until you die. But you have a purpose here. There's a purpose for you. There's a plan for your life here. No matter what age you are, no matter when you came into the kingdom of God, you have a specific purpose here that you need to discover and need to go ahead and fulfill that purpose. So the church basically knows about the cross, we preach about the resurrection, we preach about Pentecost, but most of the time when we preach those things, nobody takes advantage of why they were actually done. 
In other words, we celebrate Pentecost. Great, praise God, the Holy Ghost is here. Then we forget about it till Pentecost comes around again. But basically what they mean is the sons have been done for each and every one of us. Our sins have been forgiven, praise God. We have been made righteous by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I want to live in that righteousness. On Pentecost Day, the Holy Ghost came and entered in kind into mankind. I want to live by the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. So it's important that we get out of religion and traditions. And it's funny because a lot of the church preaches a new birth. How many know that's nothing wrong with that? But Jesus only preached it one time. One time in John chapter 3 was the only time that he mentioned it. So what did he mention? He mentioned the kingdom of God. How many of you ever read the four gospels? All he talks about is the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like. This is what the kingdom of God is like. This is what, what's he trying to do? Show us what the kingdom is like so that we can enter into that kingdom. The kingdom enter into us and we can start to adjust to the values and the morals and the thoughts of that kingdom so that we can spread them here in the earth to other people who basically are living in a mess right now. The more you understand about the kingdom of God, the more freer you will be in your life. The less you understand about it is the less freer that you'll be. You can be born again, not know anything about the kingdom, and live just like everybody else in the world, even though you're born again. How many of you have friends like that? Yeah, yeah because they've never understood the freedom that it's brought to you when you got in the kingdom of God. You are a son of God, and you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. How did I become a citizen? I got born in there. How many of you are United States citizens? How did you get there? You got born into the United States. It's the same way. Once you're born in, the, in there, you basically now have dual citizenship. Hallelujah. I'm an American citizen, but I'm a heavenly citizen. But praise God, I want to receive from the better one, which is the heaven. Yeah, the rights that I want would rather be the ones from heaven, if you don't mind, than the ones here from the earth. So basically, he did not preach much on heaven, hell, the cross, any of those things. He preached the kingdom of God. Now, people sing, I, I want to follow Jesus. How many know if we're going to follow Jesus, then we should follow what Jesus preached? People say, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. Well, then he preached the kingdom. You better become a disciple of the kingdom in order to become a disciple of Jesus. You're not just a disciple because you got born again. You're a disciple because you're learning about the kingdom. You're understanding the kingdom. You're understanding your power, the authority that he gave you, and the purpose that he put you here for. All right, go to Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 5, or go to 5. Look at verse 3. All right, here was the solution for man. Matthew chapter 5, look at verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is religion. Theirs is a denomination. Theirs is church service. No, theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. That is the answer to man's poor spirit. How did man get the poor spirit? Well, when Adam and Eve failed, and basically they lost the nature of God, the spirit of God, and their purpose and call and everything. At that time, every man who was born after them were the same way. So every one of us were born into this world poor in spirit, but the answer that we're missing in our hearts is the kingdom of God. It's not just a born-again experience. It's, it's the kingdom that you lost on the inside of you that you're trying to fulfill, and the only way that will be fulfilled is to learn and find out about the kingdom of God. So the churches basically, if you want to look at them, they're not really a religious thing. What churches are basically are governmental embassies of heaven, and we are here to train up our citizens in how to operate in governmental things, basically. That's what they're here for. We're to train you in God's culture, in God's values, in God's morals, in God's nature. That's what we're here for. We have nothing to do with religious things that go on or traditions or any of that stuff. The results is sooner or later, the whole earth is going to be filled with the glory of God. And what's the glory of God? It's the nature and the acts of God that will be in manifestation when the Christ in us starts to live through us and come out of us. All right, go to Matthew chapter 6. 
All right, Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 33. Probably the first time some of you ever heard this scripture. Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto. Now notice what he says, seek these when? First, say first. First makes this a priority in God's kingdom. This is the first, basically, in the kingdom priorities. A priority is the principal thing. It is putting first things first. It should be your primary focus. It basically should be the laws of the kingdom, the principles of the kingdom. There's a language of the kingdom. There's morals of the kingdom. There's values of the kingdom. There's ways of the kingdom. There's keys of the kingdom. And there's also benefits, hallelujah, of the kingdom, praise God. These are things we need to learn and discover. Your life up to now basically is the sum total of all the decisions that you have made so far in your life. How many of you know that? See, the whole church wants to blame God for everything in their life, but he didn't make the dumb decisions you did. Amen. And with every decision you make, there is going to be a consequence for that decision. If you start looking at the consequences before you make the decision, you'll start making smarter decisions because some of the consequences don't turn out very good, right? I mean, we all made dumb decisions. And then we say, I don't know how I got in this. Miss. Oh, yes, you did. You didn't look at the consequences of the decision that you made before you made it. So every decision that we made basically has a consequence to it. It did something in our life. We are the ones basically in control of our life, not him. He never wanted to control your life. He wanted to co-labor with you in this life together when we grow closer and closer to him and understand what he wants to do. So what we need to do is identify the correct and right priority of our life, and that is the key to success and a simple life. Say successful. Say simple. I mean, all of us are really looking for a simple life. And sometimes religion, to me, didn't simplify it. It made it tough because it gave me this thing to do and that thing to do and this law to do and this thing to do. And then, my gosh, by the time I tried to do everything, I got so confused and wore out, I didn't know what to do. But Jesus was very simple when he came. He had two things. The kingdom of God and righteousness living in line with that kingdom was basically all he taught and all he did. So we need to identify the correct priorities in our life. You will make decisions that aren't good if you do not have a priority. If you have a priority, you make decisions that are in line with your priority. If you have no priority, what are you here for? I'm just here. That's what I'm here. How come God put you here? I don't know, but I'm here, and I'm just going to wait and see what goes. Whatever happens, happens. Whatever don't. So the key to what we need to do, first of all, is basically get our correct priority because then we can put our time, which is very valuable, into that priority. I mean, oh, time is very important in your life. I mean, oh, it's ticking by even as we stand here tonight. And the only thing is with time, you don't get it back. If you lose money, at least you can get that back. But time, you can't even get back if you lose that. So time is ticking. We need to find out what our priorities are. Now, one thing that I do, sharing for myself, is a lot of times I set my priorities the night before the next day. I don't wake up and just say, well, what are we going to do today? No, there's certain priorities that I have tonight that I'm going to do tomorrow. And I'm going to say that again. I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm not going to try to do them. I'm not going to do my best to do them. There are certain priorities. Now, I'm not telling you every hour of the day you've got to have planned out. I'm just saying there are certain priorities in my life that I'm going to do tomorrow that I had to do today and I was going to do. After that, the chips fall where they may. Maybe something else happens. Maybe I do something else. Maybe, you know, sometimes I feel like I didn't get enough exercise. So a priority is I'm going to walk for 3.8 miles. I've got to stand out to an hour. 3.8 miles tomorrow morning because I didn't get enough exercise. And that's a priority. I'm going to do that. I don't care if I got to do it at midnight. 
because I was too busy all day. And while I do that, then I kill two birds with one stone because I decide to pray in the Holy Ghost for those 3.8 hours. So not only am I getting physical exercise, but I'm getting spiritual at the same time, praise God. And you kill two with one stone. Hallelujah. So it might be that, maybe something else I want to do. And after that, we just go where the chips fall or where they may. But I've got priorities every single day. And your first priority, according to what Jesus talks about, is the kingdom of God. Something that has to do with the kingdom of God. Well, I'm going to read a parable tomorrow morning. And I'm going to meditate on that parable for 15 minutes. I'm going to wake up and pray in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes I'll set my alarm. It'll go off at 7 and I put in a cassette tape. And I listen to a cassette tape from 7 to 8. Then I get up. But I've set my priorities ahead of time because if I don't, and none of you probably ever did this, went through the whole day and felt like I got nothing done. Ever happen? And then you think about all the things you were going to do that day, and you did absolutely none of them. So your priorities have to stay your priorities. That's something you are, you are stuck to do. That's something that you're going to do. And you can tell from the day before what you need to do that you didn't really do that day. Do you see what I mean? And you don't have to do it at the same time. If you want to read the Word, say, I want to read the Word for a half hour. And in the morning, the phone rings. And then you're on the phone. And then they come to your door trying to sell you some more panels. My God, I didn't know how many panel salesmen are in this world, but they're all on my street right now. Knocking at the door, ringing the doorbell, want to come in, so you some solar panel. And it may get to late at night, but then when it gets to 8, 9 o'clock at night, you have to remember that you had a priority that day, and you've got to find that half hour. Are you following? That's a priority that's in my life. If I want to go visit people, then I set up the night before, I'm going to go here and visit this person, visit that person, do this, and those are two things that I'm going to do. Now, on the way there, you may run into a lot of other things. You may run into somebody who needs prayer. You may run into somebody who needs the Word. You may run into somebody who needs a book. You never know what you're going to run into and all those things are fine and it's not terrible that, that you can never watch tv or any of that stuff i'm just saying do your priorities first and then you've got time for everything else and when you wake up the next day or you go to bed that night you say my gosh i commit, did my two priorities that i wanted to do this day and a couple other ones and i'm feeling pretty good about it praise god but if you wait and do it in the morning a lot of times it's too late because your morning takes off so the night before, what do I want to do tomorrow? Do I want to read? Do I want to pray in the Holy Ghost? Do I want to? Then set aside that upon a time and make sure you do that as a priority in your life. Correct priorities will protect your time. It will protect your energy. It will protect your talents. It will protect your discipline. And it will protect your decisions that you make. Correct priorities, you'll find out, start to work in your life. And, and working in the kingdom of God and learning about the kingdom of God is not, you know, not reading the Bible for four days and then reading the whole New Testament the next day. It's, it's not that way. I mean, you can do that, but it's better that if you every day, a man is cast seed into the ground. Goes to sleep, gets up, casts a little more seed, goes to sleep, gets cast a little more seed, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. That's the way we do things. This is our lifestyle. Do you understand? This is why we live. We live for the kingdom of God, to understand the kingdom of God, to operate in the kingdom of God. But you do that a little bit at a time. The greatest tragedy in life is not death. It's life without a purpose. This is why suicides happen. Why do people kill themselves? Got no purpose. Don't know what they're doing here. Why are people unhappy? Same reason. Because they have no purpose of why I'm here and what I'm doing here. The greatest mistake in life is to be busy but not effective. In the church, as long as I've been in there, busyness equals holiness for some reason. I don't know why that is. The more stuff you're doing for God, the better off you are. And most of the time you're just wearing yourself out. And most of the time you're doing things you shouldn't be doing anyway. You're just wasting time on the things. So that doesn't mean anything. The greatest failure in life would be successful in the wrong assignment. 
How many know you can be going in the direction, but you can be going in the wrong direction? If you don't know what your purpose is, any direction will do. Is that right? If you don't know where you're going, get in your car and go on 95. You can go any direction you want to go because you don't know where you're going anyway. But you're going to have a purpose. You'll start narrowing in on what you should do each day to follow that purpose in your life for what needs to be done. In the economy we live in, money is the currency. But in our life, it's time is our currency. That's what we have is time. You become whatever you spend time on. Did you ever hear somebody say, that's time well spent? Because it equals money in the natural. You spend money, you spend your time. So what you spend your time on. I mean, if you weigh 642 pounds, it's because you spent your time eating bonbons and watching TV all day long. Are you following me? You're going to have a result of whatever you do. Whatever you spend your time on is going to be. If you never read a book or never studied and you're ignorant, that's why you're ignorant. Because you spent your time on the wrong thing. If you worried your whole life, you probably got health problems. You're probably freaking out. You're probably falling apart because you worried all the time and all these things affect your physical body. So how you use your time is very, very important. And the key to effective time use is knowing the priority that you have in your life. If you have a failure to establish correct priorities, it will cause you to waste the two most important things in your life, your time and your energy. Whenever your priorities are incorrect, one thing you'll do is you'll be busy a lot of times in things that don't matter. Another thing I found out in my life, if I don't make priorities, I try to do 100 different things in the day and I finish none of them. Did you ever do? You start this and then you start this and then you start this and then you go to bed at night and nothing's done. Everything's still half done, half there. What happened? You had no priorities. So you started something for a while. You lost your train of thought. Then you started something else. And you lost your train of thought. And you started something else. And the day's over. Now you got to finish. Now you know your priorities for the next day. Finish everything you didn't do the day before. But that's because you didn't have the correct priorities to begin with. You'll find yourself doing the un unnecessary. You become preoccupied with things that are very unimportant. I mean, you can, you can turn on TV sometimes, and it seems like you had it on 15 minutes, and you had it on for four hours, and you just sort of vegged out, and all at once, my gosh, it's not what happened here. And that's because you had no priorities this day. And once again, nothing wrong with TV. As long as you're doing your priorities before TV, are you following me? And it depends on what you're watching, of course. We all know that, but still, do you see what I mean? So you've got to have your priorities there to do it. So ultimately, if you forfeit your purpose, there'll be no reason for you to be on the earth, and you'll end up in depression. You'll end up down and out. You'll do other things. Another thing you can do if you don't have priorities where you grow in the things of the Lord, you stay stagnant. I ran into a woman uh, the other day who was a, a nurse in one of the nursing homes, and I talked to her a little bit, and I said, you know, are you born again? She said, I'm born again, and I just got married. She said, uh, I went up to Nashville or something, got married, and me and my husband got married, and I said, well, how you doing? She said, good, and I said, uh, well, how long have you been born again? And she said, well, I've been born again quite a while now. I had an experience with God. She said, I was an addict, an alcoholic. I thought, well, we've got something in common so far, praise God. And then she said, after 12 years, I just met God. And when I met God, I got instantly set free and haven't touched a drop in 12 years. So I said, what do you do? Well, I'm still a recovering alcoholic, going along to here, going along today. And I just said, well, how long will you be in recovery before you're recovered? And she said, I never thought about that. I just keep going to recovering alcoholic meetings and keep going and going. I said, after 12 years and not a drop, I'd say you're, you're doing pretty good. You're definitely re, capital R, recovered by now. So why don't you call yourself not a recovering alcoholic, but just who you are, praise God. Now, you're a delivered person. You're a free person. Oh, I never thought about that. Eh? 
So, I mean, you should go to meetings. That's fine with me. But you cannot identify with who you used to be and grow in the things of God, praise God. Sooner or later, you've got to understand that, that you've got beyond that. So, basically, you know, we don't want to waste time. We don't want to waste money. But, basically, we do this because we make correct priorities in our life. All right, go to Luke chapter 10. We're not going to get very far because we're still on page one. <laughs> All right, Luke chapter 10. Look at verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went, and he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, does that now care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful, anxious, and worried, and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Now notice, this is a scripture talking about priorities. This is a parable about priorities. The kingdom of God deals with your priorities and your time. Mary had a priority. Her priority was to sit at Jesus' feet and hear about the word of the kingdom. And if you're going to hear about the word of the kingdom and Jesus comes, that would be a good time to take off and hear about the word of the kingdom. But Martha served. She cooked. She cleaned. She got everything ready. And how many know nothing's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with getting your house clean when Jesus is coming, cooking a good meal, doing all this stuff. But notice, she did not get any peace and joy from his teaching. She was agitated. Even though Jesus was there preaching the kingdom, she was too busy doing everything, and she was all agitated and bent out of shape. And God, Jesus said, there's one thing that is needful or more needed than what you're doing, and what is needed more than that is basically seeking first the kingdom or the words of the Lord rather than being a busy and doing good things. See, you can do good things, but they're the wrong good things at the time. Just because they're good things, don't mean they're good things. I mean, if they're, if they're taking the part of the priority of your life, which is Jesus Christ, then basically you're not going to be doing good. But notice here what it says, you have to become a good Mary to become a good Martha. You know what I mean by that? You have to come to a place where you make your priority first, and then there'll be time to do that other stuff. And even if you do it, if you listen to Jesus a while, you probably won't do it and want to strangle your sister at the same time right? Did you ever do something good and want to strangle somebody while you're doing it? It's probably not the priority at that time that you should be doing. But it was a good thing. I know it was a good thing, but you still feel like you should strangle somebody, praise God, who didn't do what you wanted to do when you wanted to do it, because that was the thing to do it. Come on, ever felt that way? Of course, we have felt that way. Well, there's another priority there you should be doing before that or another priority that you needed. Maybe you didn't have time to pray that morning. Maybe you didn't have time to do everything. And then your kids, my God, get up and, and they're running around throwing stuff around the house and the toilet overflows. And before long, I mean, you're having a terrible day. So you want to do the priorities first of all. And when you learn to do the priorities, then you will be a good Martha. You can do it in peace. You can do it in love. You can do it in joy. You can serve without irritations, without being worried, because you now have the correct priorities in your life. All right, go to Matthew chapter 6.
And I'll tell you, once you start complaining about what somebody else is doing that they're supposed to be doing, everybody else will jump on board. I mean, all the people in the house felt sorry for Martha that day and said, look at that Mary. Sits there at Jesus' feet. She's got to do all the cooking. She's got to do all the cleaning. She's got to do all that Mary or something else. And Mary was doing exactly what Mary should have been doing to begin with. Hallelujah. That was extra. All right, Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse 24. Jesus says that no man or woman can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one or he will love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and what? Money. Now, most people in the world, including myself, including every one of you, when we were born into this world, we did not know the priorities of the kingdom of God. We did not know what we were supposed to do. We knew under- nothing about the kingdom of God. So basically, our priorities at t- that time were completely off according to the kingdom of God. According to a study, the most important things in people's life is water, food, clothes, housing, protection, security, and money, which equals simple survival, do not it? So when we're born into this, we see our parents, we see our moms and dads, we see everybody there. What do they do? Well, dad got up, he went to high school. Then he got a job laying brick. And then after laying brick for 40 years, he retired. And after he retired, he died. So you get up and you think, well, I've got to go to school. And when I get out of school, I'm going to get a job. When I get a job, finally I'm going to retire. Everybody looking forward to retirement. Then you retire, then you die. Well, that's what the whole people do. So what do we do? We work two jobs because the more money we get, the better off we're going to be when we do retire. We're going after things. We want things. We need things. But Jesus comes here and basically says, look at verse 25. I say to you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink for your body and what you shall wear and everything that you do. Now he's coming against completely my thought life when I read that. Because that's what I've been doing for 35 years. And now he's telling me I should never do that when that's what every, Jesus, don't you know everybody does that? That's what everybody's supposed to do. That's what we do. That's where we're raised. That's how we do things. But notice, all I was trying to do was pursue things. When you get in the kingdom, you'll start to rule things rather than pursue things. Oh, that's good right there. If you can get that, I felt that. If you can get that, that'll help you quite a bit. We don't pursue things. We rule things. We're here to rule things. So basically, there would be a switch in my priorities to kingdom things rather than things. Because the whole world goes after things. And our younger generation, if they're not taught, are going to go after things. I mean, who do they idolize? The singer on stage making a million dollars. The one driving the Corvette around the street. That equals success to them. But the only success in this world is how much you succeed in your purpose that God gave you when the end comes. He's not going to say, well, you got a millionaire's mansion. you got a vet. Come on in. I'm so glad you're here. No, it has nothing to do. God could care less. All that stuff belongs to God anyway. Now, if you serve God and you get in the kingdom of God and you do everything right, may you end up with a million-dollar house? You may. But I don't want one myself. I mean, but, but you can get one. Do you understand what I'm saying? As long as your priorities and your motives are in the right area, you're going to be all right. If they're not, then you're going to be all mixed up. So, and everybody knows this. I mean, religions know this. So religions are designed for you to come to Jesus and then get everything you need from Jesus, but you're only trying to get the things that you were trying to get before, only you're using religion now rather than another source to do it. You come to our come to our denomination and pray, and God's going to give you a house, and God's going to give you a car, and God's going to give you this, and God's going to give you that. So basically, we were we were taught to seek these things. But once I got in religion, I was taught to seek these things through a deity, through a God. I'm going to go through a God to get. I wasn't seeking God. I was seeking God for what He could give me. 
And that's the way it was, basically. Politicians do the same thing. They promise us all these good things so that we vote for them. They come to a place where they promise so many good things, there's actually Christians who are voting against God's values simply because they're more interested in these things than they are in God's kingdom. Come on now. You've got big churches supporting candidates who want abortion, who want homosexuality, and they're supposed to be Christian TV churches. Well, they're wrong, praise God. The kingdom of God rules, and what God said is the values that we go by, and we go by his laws, and really it has nothing to do with that stuff, but if they're going to give them more money, if they're going to promise them food stamps, if they're going to do all this stuff, they have the guts to vote against this stuff, even though they claim to be Christians and the things of God. So notice, you can be manipulated as long as you're in this area. See? Your boss can manipulate you. People will do anything for this. Women will sell their bodies for this. People will sell drugs for this. Whatever they can do, why? Because they need money. Why do they need money? Something to eat, something to drink, something to wear, some place to, live, to get a bunch of money. So they're after this stuff. Now, we've got to come to a place where all that stuff is dung. Remember? Dung. That stuff's dung. What we need to do is seek ye first the kingdom of God and right alignment with that kingdom in our thoughts. And then God promises to add everything that we've been trying to get for 35 years in my life. He'll just simply add it unto us. Well, how does he do that? I don't care as long as he does it. So everybody says, how's he going to do that? Trust him. He'll figure it out. I mean, give God a break. He can probably come up with something. Yeah, that's a promise of God. All these things will be added to each and every one of us. So he said, don't worry about these things. Why? Because worry cuts you off from the kingdom of God. If you worry about these things, and i got to have these things, and I can't live without these things, and I want this, and I want that, and then you worry about them. See, that, that's where credit cards come in. we got to have this, but then how many know you do have to pay it? It's really easy to stick that card in there, isn't it? But boy, a month later, it's not so much fun, is it? See? That's why Christmas has almost become a depressing holiday. Because the joy, when the Lord is born, and then a month later, uh, we don't know what's going on then because we charged everything and had a good time. Come on now. Why is that? Because we're after things yet. But things got to come to a place where they mean nothing. If you love the world, you're an enemy of God, the Bible says. You love the things of the world. But we were taught. How I many we were taught this is the way we live. This is the way we do things. This is where we're at. We've got to have all this stuff. But God will go to work in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And he will start to show you things that are, are his priority. To seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. So in my life, when I got born again, I was still deep in religion. I was still starting to preach. I was excited about the things of God. But I was still in a place where I was after things. I, I didn't know I was supposed to seek God first and all these things would be given me because I was born into a dog-eat-dog dog world. You get what you can get. You go after what you can do. You do whatever you want to do, basically. So there had to be a switch. So when I started studying the parables of the kingdom of God and how God expressed things, it started to adjust my way of thinking. And as my way of thinking changed, pretty soon you'll come to a place where no longer you will no longer care about the things of this world. You will transfer your priority from things of this world to God's kingdom. And that's what you were put here. You weren't created by the world. You were created by God. The Bible says not only were you created by him, but you were created for him. See, we think, we think God created us and then he stayed there for us. In other words, God was created for me. Why? Because I need all this stuff, and God's going to give it to me. And you look at religions, and you look at everybody else, it's the same way. You've got religions out there that, that got a deity, the moon. The moon's now their deity. So they bow before the moon. What? To get things. 
The sun. The sun god is there. So they go before the sun. What do they do? They get a statue and they offer food and they offer drink and they offer things to it. What for? Because they're acting like pagans because they are. And basically they're hoping this pagan will give them something. Well, the church isn't much better. I'm going to go to that prayer meeting and I know God's going to see me there. I know he's going to see me. And when he sees me, I know he's going to give me everything that I was asking. No, no, no. You're, you can't earn anything from God. Just because you praise a little louder or jump a little harder or do all that stuff, if that's your motive, stop jumping and take a break, praise God. See, it's motive. We're not here to try to get things from God and impress God. God has already given us everything. And that's why the kingdom's so good. Once you enter that, you don't need anything anymore. It's all been given to you. Righteousness is yours. Power is yours. Peace is yours. All things are added unto you. It, you can just take a breath and relax for a change, praise God. But in religion, it's try to get this. Try to do that. Pray here. Pray there. Do this. Do that. And all that stuff was to earn. So, you know, I had, like everybody else, I had my long list of stuff. And everybody always told me you didn't get that because you didn't have enough faith. And then I discovered the Bible told me to have the faith of God, and I received it. So it's not that I didn't have enough faith. I had the faith of God. Unless God's lacking in faith, then we both need to hear the word a little more. But that wasn't it. It wasn't a lack of faith. It was a lack of priority. My motive and my priorities were wrong. I was trying to get things through a wrong place rather than just going for God. See? And I'll tell you when you know, you're going to come to a place when the, where the things... Even a miracle is not your impression of God. You understand? Whether you get the healing, don't get the healing, get the miracle, don't get the miracle, it doesn't matter because you should still love God and be going after God. We don't after God go after God for his works. We go after God for his God. See, and people get discouraged. Well, I prayed and my sister died anyway and I just don't know what's the matter with God and he just don't love me, all that kind of stuff. Why is that? Because you were depending on God for works and you only loved him for the works and when you didn't get the work you wanted, you got mad with God and you broke up. That's why people backslide. See, and you don't have to backslide for that. If you're going after God, go after God. Don't go after his works. Remember the disciples? Jesus said, don't do this, don't do this. The disciples came along and said, we left everybody. We left our, our wives and our children and everybody to follow you. And then Peter said, and what do we get? How many of their mindset was still there, wasn't it? They could have just said, we followed you. But he didn't. He didn't stop there. What do we get then because we followed you? They had the same stupid mindset that we did. They were still learning. And they were being taught by the best. Come on. So things got to be pushed to the side. We've got to get in the right priority, and that priority is the kingdom of God, and we've got to get things out of our system. The second thing he talks about is righteousness. Say righteousness. Righteousness, righteousness has nothing to do with religion, has nothing to do with anything, but it's just being in a right position with the kingdom of God. How do I know if I'm in right position? Are you keeping the laws of God? If you're not, then you're not in right position with it. Well, how do I know the laws of God? I'm glad you asked. You've got to read the laws of God to know the laws of God. Praise God. It's the same way in the government here. You have certain things that belong to you as a citizen. But if you get picked up for drunk driving three times in a row, you may lose some of the privileges that you had at one time because you're no longer in righteousness. You're in unrighteousness. And when you get an unrighteousness, you disconnect from the privileges that belong to you. So it's the same way in the kingdom of God. We go by kingdom laws, not by world laws. 
I don't care what laws they pass to make homosexuality okay. I don't care what laws they make to make gay marriage okay. It's not according to my law because I'm under the kingdom of God and I'm not under this world. Are you following me? Don't matter what laws they pass. They're going to pass new laws. I don't care. They my kingdom. They can do whatever they want to do. No sense getting upset about it, getting all bent out of shape about it. I don't care. I'm not of that kingdom anyway. Because if I'm in this kingdom, all my needs are going to be met. Or they're going to take away your funding. I don't care. I ain't counting on you for my funding. I'm counting on Jesus because he's my father. And the Bible already said that the father knows what you have need of. So if he knows, I just expect him to do something about it. So righteousness is simply staying in right alignment with God. If you step out of right alignment, what do we do? We simply repent and we step right back in, praise God. We don't go into guilt, condemnation, oh, I'm so dumb, I'm so stupid. We don't go into all that stuff. We just step right back into righteousness. You get picked up for speed and you pay the parking ticket and you're right back under the speeding ticket, do you see? You don't have to whine about it forever. Of course, you will when they take the money from you, praise God. That's different. All right, go to Luke chapter 2. He may do a little whining now that I think about it. All right, look chapter 2, look at verse 41. Now Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among them kinsfolks and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him. How many you know that would scare the pants out of you, wouldn't it? That after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it? that you sought me, wist ye not that I must be about my Father's kingdom. There it is. There's your priority right there. Jesus' priority is your priority. He was about his Father's kingdom. You are put here to be about your Father's kingdom, which is God himself, Father God. So basically, Jesus taught about it. He acted like it. He, he did things like it. He portrayed it. He was a kingdom of God on two sandals. What for? To show us what we're supposed to be like. Not, not like, but like, because we're made in the image of God himself, and we're in a place there. Now look, at, at the age of 12, he already knew his purpose. He already knew what he was doing here, and this is your purpose right now. If it's not to be about your father's business rather than yours, there's a time in my life where I prayed for things and prayed for things and prayed for different stuff and prayed for this and prayed for that, and finally I came to a place where I realized that I never went to God for what he wanted. I was always going for what I wanted because that's the way I was taught. I need this. I need that. I didn't think God needed anything. I needed this. I didn't need that. I mean, he's in control of everything. What am I going to get? Then I found out he wasn't in control of everything. And when I did that, I went to God to find out what he wanted from me. So my prayers completely changed to a place to do God's will on this earth rather than have my will on this earth. Come on. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. My will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is that it? 
But that's what I thought. I prayed that prayer over and over again a thousand times. But I thought it was surely my will in there, for God's sakes. Because, and then he wasn't doing anything for me. Once again, because I was out of line with the kingdom of God. I was going for things, trying to, trying to be my own God, my own Abba Daddy. Not understanding that he would take care of the things if I just did what he wanted me to do. So I had to change my priority, change my prayer life into a thing to where all I want to do is I want to do my father's business here on the earth. How I many you know when you got born in the kingdom of God, you became part of a business? God and sons. You're part of that. You're part of God and sons right now. You're in that kingdom, praise God. You're in there to do a work. You're in there to do a labor. Everybody's is different. That's why we can't criticize anybody because everybody's got their own race, praise God, to do. Well, they don't do it the way we do. Good. Good. We needed somebody to do it that way, you see. And people in churches get mad and run, run this church and get mad at that church and they do it this way. Well, well everybody does it different. That's why. You're not going to find the same thing, thank God. Could you imagine if every pastor was the same? Oh, my God. I'd quit. Dear Lord, no, everybody's different. Everybody's been given a different message. We are here to disciple people up and grow them in the kingdom of God. We're not up here for funsies and dansies, and, and sometimes we'll preach, and Sunday sometimes some of that stuff happens, and, but whatever happens, we just allow God to be God because he knows what you need more than anybody who's in this body whatsoever. So here it says, be about your father's business. That is your purpose. Purpose is defined as the original intent for something that is created. Purpose is the original intent for something that is created. People go around all the time, why was I created? How come I'm here? What am I supposed to do? Well, as soon as you start seeking the kingdom of God and pursuing it, God will show you what you're supposed to do at that time, and he'll grow you up into a place to where you get to where you're really supposed to be. For me, basically, I ended up in the post office at the age of 25. I was in there 28 years, but the whole time I was in there, I didn't know I was preparing to be a pastor. I thought I was just a male man. But at that time, I had the same route. I had over 600 people on the route. I knew them. I knew their kids. I was praying for them. I was taking things to them. I was ministering to them. I was waiting. It's like I had my own postal church without going postal. Yeah, I had my own postal church. And then once God calls me to pastor, I said, how am I going to do it? And he says, the same way you've been being a mailman. So I just quit one and came into the other and started doing that. And it was basically the same thing. But I was being trained the whole time and never even knew I was being trained. He's, he's sneaky. You've got to watch him. Yeah. You'll be in a place that you absolutely hate and don't understand that you're in school and don't even know it. So wherever you're at right now, you might as well take advantage of where you're at and learn to grow there because it's not where you're going to end up. It's where you're at now, thank God. You see? So I hate this job. Well, good. As soon as you start to love it a little bit more, maybe you move on to something else. Until then, you're stuck because he's trying to get you in a love situation in that place. So where you're at right now, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just probably a stepping stone for another step to go another position to do whatever, to do whatever, praise God. So don't get angry and get upset at that stuff. Basically, slowly grow with it, praise God. That's why we put on the divine nature of God. We're peaceful. We're joyful. Or an example, when everybody else is freaking out, not us. Here we are, cool, calm, and collected. And people, under, they wonder what the heck's the matter with you. But even though they'll criticize you, they want what you've got. They want to know how you did it, and there's where it opens up. So we're all put here, every single person in here. For a long time, it was just the leaders who were, who were supposed to do everything in purpose. That's not it. We're supposed to train people up. As a matter of fact, I want people to run past me. I don't want to keep you below me. I want you to run past me, praise God. I want you to grow up and do things. The only reason way we're going to spread this kingdom the way it needs to be spread to put the devil underneath the feet and Jesus to come back if we've got some people doing what they're supposed to be doing. Amen. 
And if we're not going to do that, Jesus is still sitting there patiently waiting yeah, for us to do what we're supposed to do, praise God. So we've got, our, we've got our authority. What do we want to do? We want to take our authority and focus on what God has given us, our priority. What is my priority today? What is it now? What well, may be for you just to find 15 minutes to pray. And you can't go by what other people do because everybody's different. When I first got in the ministry, and I, I wasn't even a pastor yet. I was at a meeting, a uh, Catholic charismatic prayer meeting. I was running on Thursday nights there in Fort Pierce. And basically at that time, I was listening to Copeland and some of them guys. They're all good, but they're not me, and I'm not them. Do you understand? But when you get in the ministry, you want to be everybody. So one service, you want to be Rodney. The next service, you want to be Kenny. Next service, you want to be Benny Hinn, throw your coat. The next, until you come to a place where you find out who you really are and just become who you really are. But at that time, praise God, it, it was difficult to do anything because there was three leaders there and not once these three leaders disappeared they were older one of them left and two of them died not once I became a leader in like four months of a prayer meeting and I just started speaking in tongues about two months before that so I didn't really know much about anything but once again what do I see that at it was a place of growing up it was a place there where he was teaching me where he was showing me where he was doing things and how I know first of all you got to start dealing with people wouldn't it be great to have a large church with no people No problems, no worries, nobody's got a problem. Nobody there to get mad at you, no anything. Oh, that'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? I have a large church. Yeah, I've got 400 people that aren't there. <laughs> church of the hopes, praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God, hallelujah. So as God leads you in your priority, then you'll be led in your priority. And once you get that priority, whatever giftings you have on the inside of you, you'll be able to use towards that priority of seeking first the kingdom of God. We see singers out there right now who are singing wonderful songs. They're world famous, everything else, but they are not singing the right songs, so their gift is being misused right now, even though they're very gifted. Are they making money? Are they famous? Yes, but it has zero in the kingdom of God whatsoever. Some of them even started in Christian churches. And then they got off in the world just to make money and do that kind of stuff where you can't do that. We have singers out there who are gifted who are singing the wrong songs. So basically it doesn't matter, praise God. But what is that? Because fame and fortune lies before them in the world and they think they're successful, but there's going to come a day when they find out that they're not successful, praise God. What good is it going to do to live this life and steal and rob and, and work 40 hours and 40 more hours and everything and have all this stuff piled up and get up about 80 years old and you got three mansions, one here, one there, and two boats over here and four cars over here. And I mean, you're going to think, what did I do? What am I doing? I mean, as you get older, you look at the stuff you got, you say, what am, what am I doing? What was I doing when I was younger? Was I stupid or what? I got all this stuff now. Because basically things start to take on a lesser value in your life. So the right priority towards the right purpose will keep you in an area where you continue to grow in the things of God. If not, you're going to waste a lot of time. You're going to not finish a lot of things in your life that you start. There's two things you can do wrong. One is an absence of priority, and the other one is a misplace of priority. In other words, if you have an absence priority, you're just going to float through life. You're going to do whatever you want to do. You're going to go here, go there, do this, do this, and not really be headed towards any purpose because you're dealing in natural things. The other thing is to misplace your priorities. You can put your priorities in things. You can put your priorities in anything, basically. And whatever they are, they're misplaced. You still have a priority. I mean, you know, if some people who have a boat almost live on their boat. They take it out every day. A weekend comes, they're already thinking on Monday about going back out on the boat. That is their priority. That is their life. That is what they're supposed to do. If you don't have the right priority, you'll end up with a priority that will not be good for you. See, for 30 years of my life, my priority was drinking. And I was very good at it. There's people out there who are addicts. Why are they addicts? No purpose. 
They have no purpose. And when you have no purpose, you've got to fill that void with something. So you don't fill it with something. You basically numb it. And you do that through drugs, through alcohol, through addictions, through shopping, through spending, through everything. You can take money-wise. People think as long as they're spending money, they're happy. Well, they ain't too happy, once again, when the bills come, but they feel when they're doing it, see? So there's this void in each and every one of it. It's there. It's a kingdom void. You were created with authority. You were created with a, a kingdom mandate in your life, and it can only be filled with the kingdom purpose that you have. It cannot be filled with anything else. Well, if I just get married, well, that ain't going to work. Then you get married and say, why did I ever get married, for God's sakes? I mean, if it's the right person. But if you're doing that to fulfill, I hear people all the time, if I just get married, then everything's going to be better because I've got some problems and he's going to take care of my problems. No, you're just adding his problems with your problems. See? We think, we think it's the end, but it's not. Praise God. You should be doing good, happy even single, before you end up with somebody else. Then at least you only got one problem, theirs. Come on. Am I telling the truth? Praise God. Nobody wants your baggage, and you shouldn't want anybody else's. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So these are things. It's all because that void's on the inside of us when we're making decisions and doing this. But if we've got the right priority, basically, then we're going to start pursuing the kingdom of God, the things of God. You're going to see little results here, little results there. Uh, you're going to be able to touch somebody's life. And there's no fulfillment any better than if you run into somebody, pray for them, get them healed and saved. It doesn't matter if somebody offer you a million dollars in place at that time. You wouldn't even take it. Because you know that's what you're supposed to be doing. You know what's going on. And mankind lost that in the beginning. I mean, Adam and Eve had it made. Let's face it. They only had one thing that they were, were supposed to do, and they messed it up. And when they did it, it just separated them from the presence of God, the kingdom of God, the authority of God, and God himself at that time. And notice what, what God said. He came to him and said, now you're going to have to scratch, and you're going to have to stave because there's weeds and everything else now that weren't there before. You're going to have to fight to save your life. Well, all of us came into that when we were not born again, and we all held that mentality. And now we've come to a time where we've got to get rid of that mentality of fighting for myself, keeping myself alive, keeping myself going, having everything. And then, of course, comes religion. Religion says, you just join our religion, and everything will be fine. You just pray to God, and he'll give it to you, and pray to God, and he'll give it to you. And I'll tell you, God is merciful. You know, if you've got a brand new Christian who just came in the Christian, and he's trying to love God, but he also needs money, and he's after money more than God, how many know God will be able to get to him? But after 32 years in the church, see? I mean, we give cash a bottle now. He's one. We don't give two-and-a-half-year-old Talon one anymore. And you shouldn't be giving your teenage kid one. There should be a change that took place in there. It's the same way in the kingdom of God. He expects us to grow up in the things of God. And it's just like physical exercise. It, it equates it to that. Well, how many know physical exercise? Join a gym. How many know if you join a gym, you have to go? <laughs> Do you belong to a gym? Yeah, I belong to a gym. How long have you been there? Been there once in the last six months. It's a nice gym, though. No, you got to go, don't you? you got to do something with it. It's just not joining it. It's just not. And a lot of times we'll start off and we'll go two or three days, and then we're so sore. <laughs> going back there and inflict that punishment on me again. And we just quit to do it. And it's the same way in the kingdom. You go to a, a service where the Spirit of God's there and revival's there. Woohoo! I'm going to read the whole New Testament on the next day. Praise God. I am ready. And you do that for about two days. And about the third day, it's maka, take up, oh, today. And the third day, it's maka, 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 maka. 
It's the same way. It's spirit and physical. Physical is the same thing. Physical is a little bit every day till you get in shape and the same way as spiritual. It's what you do on a daily basis with your priorities each and every day just to feed the things into you that need to be fed there so that you can grow up into the things of God. So Jesus came and basically he gave us the new birth that restores us to our original position that Adam and Eve were in when they were created. You now have been created with a kingdom, in authority, in power, with the spirit of God on the inside of you, but you still have the same purpose is back in Genesis chapter 1, 2. God doesn't change just because we made a mistake. God's purpose is always his purpose and going to remain his purpose forever and ever and ever. So studying the kingdom of God will change your prayer life. It'll change the way you look at things. It'll change the way you do. And one thing, when you really start getting in the kingdom, the best thing about it is you will stop worrying about things. Everybody worries about things. Everybody worries, what's going on in the world? What's happening? What's this? All that stuff is designed to keep you out of the kingdom of God and keep you out of the things. The newscast, there is no newscast worth watching. I don't even care if it says Christian. It's still going to mimic everything else that's being out there anyway. That's all they do is, I was in radio for a little bit. You tear it off the Associated Press and you read it. It's not like I studied the background of this news thing before I read it. No, I ripped it off and I mimicked everything that was on that thing. That's what they do on these news stations because that's what they've got to do. But if it's fake news one place, it's fake news the next. It's false news the next. It's false news the next. And you'll never go away from a newscast feeling better. Ever notice that? Because there's no good news in it. Even the person that just won the giant lottery is good news, but it's not good news for me. Yeah. <laughs> is that right? Hallelujah for that guy. What's that do for me? Nothing. Don't do anything for me. Good for them. Praise God. Hallelujah. And they make it sound like it's good news. Then they show you chances of winning are 33 What in that? You could have won. I'm thinking, dear Lord, why do you even play this? People play this stuff for God's sakes. The chances are almost impossible. But th there's no good news on those stations ever. They're all there basically to show you the bad news. It never shows you. And today in Port St. Lucie, James Wrench delivered three people and cast out the devil out of four people. And we've got video of it. And we're showing it here at the 6 o'clock news. And you don't see that kind of stuff, do you? No, because half the people giving it would have to be cast out in order to give it to begin with. Amen. See, so whatever don't bring me up, I'd rather watch Andy Griffith. He brings me up. Mash makes me laugh, praise God. I've seen them a hundred times. I still think they're funny, praise God. What's it doing? It's bringing joy into me. It's bringing contentment. It's bringing peace into me. I'm not wasting my time with stuff, with negative stuff. There's enough negative stuff just naturally run into every single day. And all that stuff is designed to make you worry. But when you have a father who knows when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, when the kingdom of God, you're part of a kingdom, praise God, that is a lot bigger than this. We have a, we have a good king. We don't have those kings that they talk about in other countries here. He wants to supply all our needs. He wants to give us the entire kingdom. He wants to do all these things. But you're never going to receive anything that you don't know you have. That's why you've got to understand and read the kingdom of God so you know exactly what you have that belongs to you. And then you simply receive what belongs to you. So basically, it'll change to his will. It'll get the worry and the fear out of your life finally. It'll give you a different perspective. It'll make you feel like you did something during the day. You know, I read for 15 minutes. I took a walk. I prayed for the I was there, blah, blah. I got something done that day. If that's all I got done, at least I got something done that day.
And in the morning time, it doesn't really take that long, you know. You can wake up in bed and roll around for 15 minutes and, and claim the, the faith of God. Every morning I claim, thank God I got the God kind of faith today. Praise God. I'm so glad I'm anointed. Praise God. The anointing of God's all over me today. And when I received the anointing, you know what I received? Power, baby. So you don't want to come too close to me today because I got the faith of God and I got the power. So if you don't want any problem, you better stay away from me or you know, get you before it's over with. Praise God. That's where I'm at. So I just slowly claim these things. And I thank God for these things. Praise God. The Bible says everything's worth receiving if you pray over it with thanks. So I'm in thanksgiving all day long. Why? These things belong to me. They were freely given to me. I no longer got to earn them. Thank God. I no longer got to do. I no longer got to go to church on Sunday in order to go to heaven. I can go to church on Sunday because I want to go to church on Sunday rather than you better go to church on Sunday or you're going to hell. You know what's, you know what's worse than going to church on Sunday and going to hell? Going to church on Sunday and going to hell. <laughs> My God, I mean, if we were going anyway and we're still going to hell. We thought we were doing something. Yeah, because religion deals with your efforts and your works. The kingdom deals with his works and what he's done in your life. And we want to get on that side of it. We don't want to stay on the we're sinner side, we're failure sides, we're doing something wrong. Quit looking at your efforts and start looking at what he's done for you. And what he's done will take care of your efforts finally, where it'll become effortless for you just to seek first the kingdom of God and bring other people into the kingdom of God for everybody. So there's a switch that takes place in your mind. You, you want to see those things. You want to see your priority. You want to set your priorities the night before if you want to you want to do it and if you miss that priority in the morning just find a different time to do it you know sometimes I had to do it at lunch when I was on the mail route I wanted to read a half hour didn't get to do it so I had a half hour for lunch so I did it then to make sure I got that in uh, those are my priorities those are things that are a must for me to do every day to continue to plant those seeds in so the kingdom of God comes so the kingdom of God as you read the Bible read it as a kingdom citizen Read it as the last will and testament of Jesus Christ, and all that thing belongs to you. People said, I just don't get the Bible. Well, read it, and maybe you'll get it, praise God. I mean, how many of you, if your aunt dies, and she's a billionaire, and she loved you a whole bunch, and she left a will, and you're in the will, how many of you just say, well, I just can't read that. I just don't understand the will. So, No, you'd run over there, and you'd get four lawyers to translate that thing for you, and get every dollar that she left you behind, praise God, and gave to you, because we're more attracted to money than we are the kingdom of God things. But the kingdom of God will start changing the way you see here. You're going to see yourself different, number one. You're going to see God different, number two. And you're going to see this world a lot different than it is right now. All at once, it will start to grow really dim in your thought life and in your things and in your actions. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I give you praise. Uh, Holy Spirit, just go to work on each and every one of us. Continue to drive on the inside of us the importance of your kingdom. Show us the priorities that you have for each and every one of us individually. Father, I thank you that this world's growing dimmer and dimmer and dimmer to the people who are raising up in the things of God and in the power of God. Father, I thank you for making us part of this end time remnant that is going to change this world in a quick matter of time. I thank you for using each and every one of us by the Christ on the inside of us, and we will manifest your glory everywhere we go and we give you the praise for it in jesus name and everybody said amen 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 the key.